2: you know, our guys didn't hang their heads. They kept competing, uh, even when we've missed a couple more after that. And then Derek makes those plays, and Teddy, uh, you know, finally takes a lid off for us on that last possession.
3: That is the mayor, and that is the uh, feeling of smiles in the Nebraska basketball locker room. Finally, a win in Big Ten play. Great to be with you on President's Day. Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal in on this frigid Monday, you can join us, dial us up. Numbers to get in, 466 seven seventy six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. 466 800-825-5865. You can email chris at com and uh, give us a follow. And find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence. Load it up, we'll get into some NFL with uh, Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFLer, in about 20 minutes. One hour from now, Mr. Blackshirt Charlie McBride will be with us. Monday's with Charlie. And then we'll hear from Greg Smith, Husker uh, Recruiting Insider with Hale Varsity. So let's get to it. And uh, Nebraska able to hang on in regulation against Penn State 62-61. to 61. And watching that ball game, watch the first half, hunkered down in the basement with the wife uh, and the two dogs. Junior was off uh, pulling a Mallrats reenactment, so he was out at Gateway here in Lincoln. So we had the basement to ourselves We're watching Nebraska, 35 apiece, and didn't quite see the start where there were three possessions, make that uh, four possessions, three turnovers, and an 0-4 start where I was able to catch the game is where Nebraska's offense looked flat-out great, where they're moving the ball, where they're distributing, where they're swinging the basketball, they're getting great cuts to the rim, or driving kicks out for for open threes. I mean, it was was what you would imagine from a, a Nebraska basketball offense. And 403 days and 26 straight losses later, Uh, Nebraska played about 33 minutes of a 40-minute basketball game and found a way. Now, the last eight and a half minutes, man, we uh, had moved to a place that we can order copious amounts of rum and beer. Not at the same time, mind you. But we uh, hunkered down with some friends to catch the second half. And it it was straight up, and you know this emotion as a Nebraska basketball fan, maddening, frustrating, who turned the faucet off with what was happening offensively versus what the finish was like, where you don't score, you feel all right, you're up 11, and then it gets really, really tight, gets really, really tough. And you heard Fred Hoiberg talk about, the four point play to to give Penn State the lead sixty one to sixty, and I just I just lost it, and it wasn't a, a very crowded barroom, but there may have been a, an f bomber too because I, I kind of put the fan hat on. You want to see these guys get a win? You want to see them hang on? And and listen, the guy hit the three. That's one thing. I thought it was a garbage and one call. With with the three, I mean, the closeout was a little too close for comfort, yes, but there was no bang that went on. I mean, it was it was much rougher in the paint where they were letting them play, but some takeaways from yesterday, you get the win, right? You you, you pissed it away in epic proportion against Illinois, but that gave this team confidence. And the question was always, how's this team going to respond, Elijah? Are they going to just go through the motions after they let one get away from? one of the top teams in the country, I mean, like the team that's knocking on the one-seed door in Illinois, if you look at the committee's uh, preliminary release, or is Nebraska going to come out and keep fighting? And this team, man, you can complain about a lot of things with them, with their decision-making, with their turnovers. You can't complain about their effort. You can't complain about their effort since Ohio State. You can't complain about their want-to to go play ball, especially after being shut down with the pandemic and COVID that ravaged them for a month, for them to come out and, and, and fight, you, you you expect that, but you don't always get it. And you get it from this basketball team. And Teddy Allen uh, is is as maddening as he can be with some of his decision-making. He paid off for you big time, making a really tough shot for the win. Teddy Allen was nice as a creator, as kind of a, a distributor. Where he 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 was making the right basketball decisions and making team decisions, and then you, you just absolutely got to give it to Derek Walker because of what I think he can become as a as a uh, threat in the in the paint. He's not just a big guy that's there to to protect your rim, but he's a hustle guy. And I know he didn't score a, a ton of points, but he was effective. And the plays he made going straight up on the road, you don't get calls like that to go your way a lot but he was so good so locked in defensively to force jump balls or just force turnovers and then the the dive to get the basketball to mcgowans to get a final possession was was so key And, and then kobe webster off the bench was very critical and he was moving so well and was in such a good rhythm spaced out the way he started out from three-point land. Nebraska shot well. Penn State shot awful because of the Nebraska defense. And, okay, you have a team that that responded the absolute right way on the road in Siberia to go get a win against Penn State. Teams don't win that often. Even good teams struggle to get out alive against Penn State on the road. So now you head to Maryland here tomorrow for back-to-backs Tuesday and Wednesday. Can Nebraska carry it over? Can they handle some success? And I'm not looking for them to sweep. I would think maybe they've got a little momentum now to where they can maybe split. Maybe I'm crazy, but Nebraska's played well enough to win their last few games. Uh, Close against Sparty, close against Wisconsin, right there against Illinois. Finally got it done against Penn State. And they needed something good to happen. Yeah, it's a team that's finally playing with confidence. At least some confidence. Not not every guy in the team has
0: full-blown confidence. But I look at a guy like Kobe Webster, SJ. He had confidence. Uh, Derek Walker has confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lapman played with a ton of confidence against Illinois. Didn't have his best outing against Penn State. Um, but I still think that's a guy with confidence as well. And I think that's a major key for this team. And, and how I see it is is I saw a head coach that even has low confidence in his team. Um, at the end of the game there, you saw Penn State get was it two or three offensive rebounds on their last possession and you just thought okay here we go we're not here's the here's the death punch here's the death punch and then we get the ball and Fred Hoiberg had one timeout in his back pocket Teddy Allen could have advanced that ball up the court he could have called the timeout he could have drawing up a set that's what he's so good at doing drawing up a set getting in an inbound you know what happened last
3: time they tried to draw up a set at the end of the game (laughs) and he said i'm gonna have confidence in my guys here i'm gonna have confidence in teddy Go get a shot or i'm not gonna give him this awesome play for him to screw it up i can't do two mike two uh two uh mask spikes in 48 hours and and feel good about myself (laughs) what was the lesser evil just say bleep it and let him go run it let it, it, Fred's, a, Fred's a free-flowing move-the-ball. The last thing he wants to do is, is be an offensive coordinator as far as having to bark out set plays. And you don't want to do that and then have it not execute like the Illinois game. So, yeah, in that situation where it's kind of helter-skelter, let your guys go do their thing. Mm-hmm. and And he did. And Nebraska found a way. Here's a little bit more from from Hoiberg. And this was pretty good. Trudging through the adversity. And that's the one thing that has bitten this basketball team and this program for two years. Is the, the, the losing streak, right? Is what happens when this roster faces adversity. And they more times than not don't get it done. After so many near misses the last few games, they finally found a way to to get it done and they made the plays on the defensive side of the ball and they made just one one more play than Penn State offensively. But it's just maddening where you're you're at that point where you're up 60 to 49, you're kicking their butt. And then Penn State goes to this zone, it disrupts your flow, and then you start turning the ball over. And like the, the great and terrible moment of yesterday was McGowan's Where Who the hell are you throwing it to where it gets picked off? And in the same breath, he races back and goes LeBron and rejects one off the backboard to prevent points from happening. But I, I ain't going to lie to you. I thought they were dead. I thought they were done. I thought it's the final insult. Uh, okay, Friday says hold my beer, wait for Sunday, with the way to lose a game. And I thought they were dead once that four-point play happened because the way the offense had been going, where are they going to go? Are, are they going to let Teddy put his football helmet on and, and drive to the rim? Are they going to draw something up? Quite possibly could and find a wide-open backdoor cut for a dunk. I thought Banton was really nice and efficient, especially with his decision-making to drive to the rim. And more times than not, Nebraska got really clean shots at the rim. They, they found ways, and their passing is superb when they want it to be, right? Now, they weren't always great. The turnover still had 16 in the game. But when they go to that free-throw line or they kind of go around the horn where they pass and cut and move the ball, Fred's offense is good. The guys if the guys run it and execute it, it can be really good. That's how you jump out by eleven as you're a thirteen to fourteen point dog. When they want to do what this offense asks them to do, that's when they've looked best against Wisconsin. It's when they've looked okay to come back against Minnesota. It's when they looked really good against the Illini for much of the much of the game, where they're sharing the ball and they're moving and they're passing now there's still a a blindfold and cigarette at the free throw line that's just is what it is but their their ability to to never check out there's been a lot of basketball teams over the years with Nebraska basketball if it ain't happening offensively eventually the the intensity and pay attention to level drops horribly on the defensive side of the court that's not the case at least it wasn't sunday with this team, there was a high level of pucker factor, too. Don't kid yourself. And they found a way to get it done. But here's Fred on on the defensive play. Uh, Excuse me. uh, Check that. Getting through the adversity of the moment.
2: I told him we're going to. I told them we we're going to win the game, and that was one thing. I just wanted to instill the confidence in them. Never once did they waver in the huddles. Never once were they pointing fingers or, uh, you know, going back and forth. You know, they said let's continue to get it done defensively, and and that's the most encouraging thing is we didn't let our poor offensive execution in those last eight minutes affect the way that we guarded them on the other end, and that that was that was the game. I thought we had some really good straight up vertical uh, plays. Uh, there at the end, and you know, Teddy obviously hits the huge one in transition. But you know, Derek was the one that, that helped uh, get that loose ball for us. Um, you know, this is this is a good team we played that plays extremely hard and extremely well in this building. And we haven't seen uh, you know, a defense like that and haven't been in this situation much, obviously. Uh, you know, we couldn't quite get it done the other night.
3: They didn't, but they got it done Sunday. Let's go to the phones. Tom's with us on Hale Varsity. Tom, thanks for calling.
2: Hey, Smitty. Great
4: show as usual. Hey, buddy. Appreciate you. Yeah, just wanted to say, you just totally cracked me up when you said about Fred maybe setting up a play for the end of the game there instead of Teddy doing Teddy. Uh, I
5: think Fred was like,
4: Oh hell no.
3: No, after not, what happened no, you know, exactly Friday. You're not gonna, oh you're not going to waste you're not going to waste the ink, Tom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, geez. I mean,
4: as soon as you said that, I'm dying laughing in the car. Well, it's like no, 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 no. He ain't going to set up a play. Not after you can't you can only throw a mask on the floor so many times.
3: Well, that's the point. There, there's a there's a house <laughs> rule of no more than 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 two mask spikes a week. That's right. <laughs> There's four yeah. games a week from here on out. Hey, man, they got it done and good for them. Yeah. Love you, Smitty. Hey, Take care, time I Appreciate you. Thanks. <laughs> Do I call a timeout to draw up an end of game play? Remember the Illini. No is the answer. We had time for some Derek Walker praise. That kid's awesome. Just good stuff. Uh, couple thoughts here from fred on on dw and his impact
2: he played for an unbelievable coach and rick barnes and you know he's a guy that's been coached and can handle it he can he can score you know we're gonna have to again when we're struggling like we were and as i said we ran a play for him after one of the timeouts uh he can score that and and you saw what he did against in indiana that first game back where he got five rolls to the rim and then that sucked in the defense and got a guy like lat i think he made five threes that game, so Derek he contributes in a lot of ways. Um, you know, he's still getting comfortable out there after taking almost two years off. Uh, you know, he, he had the virus. I think he's struggling a little bit with that well as as well at times. Uh, but you know, he just he he made such huge plays for us late in the game, uh, and I'm happy for him. You know, to have to sit out as long as he did to make the game winning plays, the game changing plays there at the end it was huge.
3: Last thought from Fred here on that relief, no. Just gonna, over on time. No, but Mike, my, my question
0: to you here before we go is that last play from Derek Walker—did he foul him down low?
3: I th- he went straight up. I mean, I mean, like he 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 was straight up, and he was able to get a hold of the ball. Yeah, I didn't know if he he, 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 he might have got an arm, but I just thought
0: that I, he, we didn't deserve that call after that four point play for sure. No, oh, I mean, I there, there's a lot of basketball
3: karma that that happens. But with Walker, I mean, he didn't get whistled for it earlier in the game Mm-mm. i mean earlier in the second half he did the same thing where he just stood straight up and the ball was kind of moving upward as to where he grabbed and no i i don't disagree with you where it would have been a harsh nine... call especially in the big 10 but nine times out of 10 you get you get hammered on the road for that whistle jay Moore's coming up some uh, football thoughts hail varsity continues
1: State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red, and NFL bet. It's Black or uh, or, uh, you know, Reno if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt,
3: Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out back with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We welcome in Blackshirt, Husker, NFL, or Jay Moore, his podcast, More to it. With the Herdad Media family at Jamore44 on Twitter is where you find him. Bird, have you went out and licked a tetherball pole today? <laughs> no,
5: I haven't. I haven't. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm proud to say this, but I haven't even left the house today. It's been uh, no school today for uh, the little man, and so just been here at home and honestly looking at Zillow at places to live in Arizona or Florida because I'm not sure I can take this any much longer. <laughs>
3: Well, if you want to uh, go scout, uh, give Joe Mama a ring, and she's got uh, access to golf and a pool, and it's a wonderful gated community that uh, a week from Wednesday I will be waving at you from. Uh, and, oh, nice, and, and Better boy. You'll be waving back uh, with one yeah. digit, but, you know. <laughs> no, uh, you know, a lot to get into, and, you know, I was kind of uh, moved by Tom Brady being a human. Uh, with the boat parade and having uh, all sorts of avocado flavored tequila i 'm sure Gronk got him going. Is there a teammate or is there a moment of celebration that you recall as a husker with you and your mates where maybe you maybe somebody on the squad went Tom Brady, maybe it was bill callahan i don 't know, but uh, is there was there a Tom Brady moment for you or some of your mates at Nebraska?
5: Oh yeah, that was you know, that's that's almost every other weekend, you know, when you're in college. You know, that's 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 for sure. It's just depending on who's what bar you're you're doing it out of, whether that's the rail or the downtown or brothers or whatever you know, whatever <laughs> it was, or someone's house. That was uh that was that was a very regular occurrence in college. That's that's no doubt. It usually ha- usually happens more during the off season. It's during the season it doesn't happen as much because 'cause you're you know, after a game, you're just kind of wiped. And you don't have a whole lot of time, obviously, during the week. So that that was definitely an occurrence of the during the winter. That's that's for sure. Just kind of depend when when and when and where. Either a Friday or a Saturday night during the off season. What bar that that's that that happened quite often.
3: Is there a a a celebration after a win that comes to mind?
5: Oh man, you know, gosh, I did never, you know. I didn't go out a lot after games. I was, I was toast. You know, I, you know, it's like Saturday, so I was one of the very few kids, you know, guys on the team that loved to play eleven o'clock games because, you know, you get the game over with right, and you're able to go spend time with your family. You're mm-hmm. able to kind of go and like be a college kid and like watch and watch football and lay on your butt for a few hours. You know, those night games are. You know, or later in the day, games it gets you so tied up with meetings and walkthroughs and all that stuff to keep you, you know, your mind into it that you you almost waste the day. And, you know, you get home at you know midnight. So I, you know, I I honestly during the season, you know, I'm the wrong guy to ask about during the season. I did never, I hardly ever ever went out. You know, I'd have a maybe, you know, go to my parents' tailgate after a game and have a few beers and go get dinner or something like that, depending on the time mm-hmm. and, and weather. But you know, I, I was ready to go go home. And, did crash it was a long week and we had to be back we had to be back and we worked out the day after games in college so we had to be up at the facility and workouts workout started at 10 a.m so you couldn't you couldn't really get after it too much on saturday <laughs> there's a few guys that did usually those guys that did you know they usually didn't play and so they could handle a workout but uh you, know, you go in there after a game and if you tie one on real quick you know if that saturday night you're you, you know you got to you Had to run and get a lift in and get, pay attention at meetings. So, <laughs> you, you, I, 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 didn't I rarely, you know, went out. But you know, season, that's a whole different story because, you know, we have Friday afternoons and, and Saturday nights to ourselves, like a, like any other normal normal college kid. But during the season, it was it was hard to, in my opinion.
3: Jay Moore's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Jay, let's talk. JJ Watt got his release from the Texans. JJ J. Watt's best fit is where and how much gas is left in that tank?
5: I think I think a lot's left in the tank. I know I was listening to some Sports Talk Radio uh, the day he was released, and there were uh oh God, who was it? It was uh, you know I used to listen to the Dan Patrick Show quite a bit. Like they had him filling in. It's the old Oklahoma State uh, point guard basketball player that filled Gottlieb. in. Gottlieb. Gottlieb, and he was just talking about how you know he's owned. He's owned. You know, oh, I'm um, seventeen and a half, and he's just he's not that good anymore. I'm like, what, 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 what have you been watching? I mean, that guy is still, you know, that guy has a lot in the tank, a ton in the tank. So obviously no one's going to pick him up off the waiver wire because that's, you know, once you do that, you got to pick up his contract. So he'll go, you know, you look at, you know, teams who, who've lost some decent players, you know, in the last year or so, two years on the D line, you know, I think about the 49ers, I think they lost the Forrest Buckner to, mm-hmm. uh, to the Colts. Yeah, yep, and so I think that you know that that could be an interesting spot for him. You always got to look at New England. You know, they pick up guys kind of later in their career where you know they're going to get them for a few million bucks. You know, uh, maybe just a f- more than league minimum. And Jade, you know, Jade going to want to go to a team too. He's going to have all these opportunities. He's going to want to go to a team where he can win, and get a championship. He's gotten somewhat close. You know, he had some good Texas teams that made the playoffs and. You know, and it wasn't just last year, they, they, you know, almost should have beat, they could have easily beat the Chiefs and I think the divisional round, but, you know, I look at, you know, so you look at there. I mean, you even look at potentially like in Indianapolis as well or, you know, somewhere he's going to go somewhere he has a chance to win and, you know, that was what Houston Texans are dealing with right now is just a complete dumpster fire. They're just they're just trying to clean house and just get, you know, starting over and whether they're going to keep Sean or not, who knows, but he has a ton of, he has a ton of, gas the tank that guy is that guy is good man he is really really good he can play any spot across the d-line and you're going to pick him up for like i said a few million bucks and he's going to be just as productive and now he's a chance to win a championship and not be in a a poorly ran organization and you know and he's kind of go from there so he has plenty of tanks. Some, some will get a an absolute i don't want to say a steal but you know he's going to be just fine
0: Jay, let's dive into the dumpster fire that is the Texans just a little bit more because Deshaun Watson is still kind of stealing the headlines. He's made it clear that he doesn't want to be a Texan next year. Did did you ever have to play with any guys in the NFL that were stuck uh, in a place where they didn't want to play and, and, and wanted to get out? And uh, h- how does that affect your play? And then as a follow up to that, do you think that Deshaun Watson will actually be a Texan next year?
5: Yeah, I don't know. I I think so. I think he will be. You know, unless unless someone comes at him and throws something that's worth, you know, probably multiple number ones, you know, I I mean that's just my opinion. it's gonna be the hell of a deal for them to take it, for him not to be there. I don't I don't know who would be willing to do that. You know, Jacksonville maybe, you know, I I've heard that, you know, uh, Urban Meyer, I heard him talk that, you know, that's the one recruit. He just it still bugs him that he didn't land Ohio State and that was Deshaun Watson. The one. So maybe they Yeah, they had the one, so that's that could be something he throws, some you know, a look at. But I, I don't know. It's me, really special. I just looking back at my time, there was guys that you know, that held out. You know, I think Frank Gore held out uh, for a time frame when I was in San Francisco. Uh, he ended up getting a new deal. Um, you know, I remember our rookie year. You know, Patrick Willis was the last to sign. You know, that's that's back when that happened. Uh, before you know all these. Inflated, you know, uh, rookie contracts that you kind of have now, but I think he held out right up until the first day of practice, and he signed that morning. So you have guys that that hold out and just want to get their contracts, and um, and they're just they're just doing what they have to do to you know because they know they know their value and the team knows their value too. They're just you know you're just kind of butt heads a little bit and just kind of see who can last the longest. But when push comes to shove, you know Frank Gore. I mean, healthy guy still, you know, still been playing, and one of the best running backs to ever play the game, and one of the best ever do it at San Francisco, and that's that's a that's a healthy list there. So, you know, there's I think Vince Young, I think when I was with the Titans, just for I mean, I was with the Titans for a, just a few months. I think he was going through some contract negotiations potentially. Um, so yeah, you're gonna have you have your issues. It, it's your it's your big it's your top guys. It, it's going to happen every year, but you know, nowadays that one with Deshaun that's going to be very very interesting if somebody could throws you know enough. You know, you're seeing what you know. Uh, the Rams gave the the Lions to get Stafford. I mean, that's it's going to take a lot for the Texans to give Deshaun. I just don't know if there's anyone out there willing to give up that
3: much. You know, I, you see this. Do you do you have a swap in 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 the in the the Longhorn State? Do you have Watson maybe find his way to Dallas and Dak find his way to Houston? and that's probably wishful thinking with both of their contracts, but it's been a one-year decent deal. I mean, you know, the franchise tag with Dak, and I know he's coming off injury, and I think Jerry would love Watson, Uh, and Dak's been fine, but Watson, to me, is an upgrade. Jay, about two minutes here. Two quarterbacks I'm interested in. Uh, Darnold. Is, is he a product of his situation, or is he just not good? And then Tua. Uh, would you be surprised if Miami moves on from Tua? We didn't get that long of a glimpse of Tua. Fitzmagic did some nice things for the fish, but do you think Miami's ready to move on from Tua down there?
5: That's tough. Kind of, I don't because I mean, Miami was kind of one of the pleasant surprises, you know, with Flores coming in there. Yeah. From I think this was the second year there. Moving on from coming over from New England, I mean, I don't know. I, I I just don't. I, you know, Tua knows how to win. You know, that's what nice thing. You get kids from Alabama; they're used to winning, and they they know what it takes, and they know attention to detail and doing the small things, and you know, committing to the process because that's just what that's who Saban is. So yeah, I think you'd you'd want someone like that. But again, like everything. Right, I mean, we always you always have the saying like everything's for sale, right? It just it just if the price is good, you know, you you you're gonna take something you know, you're willing to get rid of anything, right? So, it just kind of depends on what their conversations are, you know. But I, I don't know, that's that's a tough one. But I think you know, Darnold, I think he's a really good quarterback. I just, I mean, Adam Gase was a train wreck this this last year in in uh, in New York with the Jets. I, the Jets have that's not a great organization. They've mm-hmm. been they've been struggling to find the right guy there. They're always, you know, just, they can't, they can't find the right guy. And I, just I don't know if management is gotten in the way, you know, I, when I was getting drafted, I had a, you know, I spent a lot of time with the jets, you know, and the GM and I can't, it's, um, gosh, he Tannenbaum. was thinking of the Tannenbaum Yes. It was Tannenbaum when I was there and spent a lot of time with him. I thought the jets might, might draft me, but you know, I had a lot of respect for them and that organization. Of course, I was just, a young kid, just you know, wanting to get drafted, and was you know, yes sir, you know, I'll do whatever you say. But uh, you know, I haven't heard a lot of good things from from guys who have spent time in that organization. So it's, I I think that's that's an interesting move. You know, I think the Jets could deal Darnold in, in backload some some picks from somebody that's looking for for a QB. You know, and I don't, I mean, I haven't paid enough. You know, haven't mm-hmm. kept my nose to the grindstone enough. Uh, you know, the free agencies and who kind of needs one. But, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, what New England has and what, you know, what their future is going to look like with Cam Newton or vice, you know, so who who knows what they could be willing to deal or someone out there that's, you know, looking to, you know, get something. Because I think Darnold has some good football left me him. He just hasn't been in the right system and, and, you know, part of a right staff to get him where he needs to go.
3: Jay Moore with us. Jay, be good. Have a week, brother, and we'll talk soon.
5: Sounds good.
2: And we're back. Fellas, so, we could listen to the radio?
3: Listen. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
0: Yes! That's awesome!
3: Some contract news to get into with Nebraska's assistance. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Still time for you to chime in. And where does Nebraska end up with the win total for Big Ten basketball? Is one and done? Do they string together a couple, maybe, maybe three? Hey, maybe they catch Northwestern, who's uh, sitting at three. They started out on fire. This Northwestern team reminds me of some of Coach Miles' teams that would start out two and one or three and one and have some wow wins. And and then it, it just got a little, little difficult for the uh, Big Red. Do have a recruit to tell you about, Keita. Uh, and uh, you have uh, a new JUCO recruit out of Coffeyville Community College, a native of Mali. Played for uh, the under nineteen team. Seven foot one, wingspan six ten, two thirty five. Big, Arizona State, Tennessee, Minnesota, and uh, Baylor interested in him. So Huskers uh, get a win yesterday and uh, get a recruit today so
0: it's a kid out of a uh, sunrise christian academy who we just saw in uh, grand island over the weekend at the uh that, that heartland hoops classic
3: yeah that was fantastic and kudos to millard west for getting the w and, and i know bell west was right there uh towards the end but uh blaze kita and you gotta love the uh the sunrise christian kid now who went to coffeeville and now Ends up in Lincoln. I like what Fred's done with the bigs. Like, I know there's some waiting still on on Ivan, right? But Ivan will put the work in. kind of transformed his body, really hustles on defense, and is a nice depth guy at this point. And let's not forget, only 18 years old. Yeah, I mean, he came in like 16 and a half, 17 years of age because he'd been playing high-level ball in France. Mm-hmm. But when you get Walker eligible, and then Andre uh, is is a guy that, man, I think can be really good, who needs more minutes, and from a foul standpoint, is uh, still needs to be a little bit more disciplined, but that'll come with time. I mean, it's it's
0: weird to think about, but this Blaze Katakid Kata kid is two and a half years, three years older than Ivan. Saw that.
3: Yeah, We're, so he's 18, ridiculous. 19 years of age. Yeah. I mean, it just...
0: It just shows you how much Ivan still got to grow in the game of basketball. I know he's shooting 43% from the line, but he's an 18-year-old kid.
3: Mm-hmm. He is. And Let's just be straight. He's not the only liability at the line for Nebraska basketball.
0: Man, well, that's been an issue last year and this year. It's one of those issues that I just – whenever you're – It's focus. But it's like you got these guys that you've recruited because they're great shooters – If they're a great shooter... They're fantastic athletes. I think the hallmark of the best shooter is that
3: they can also just knock it down from the line. If you got a good stroke, you should be able to hit your free throws. Dude, it it comes down to to focus and mentality and fatigue. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. Free throws are so mental. Says the guy who sucks at them. But they are. Especially in the the moment. You can hit them all day in practice. But aside from... I can go 7 for 10 at the YMCA, dude. Sure you can, <laughs> but let's put some money on it. Let's change the stakes of it. Put some money on it, or if, if you miss this, the whole team's got to do 10, 10 line drills. I mean, that's, that's pressure. And while you can get punched in the arm by your teammates, it still doesn't compare to end-of-game situation where you got to hit them and make them, or you lose. So, Nebraska football getting some ink to dry with the contracts. Let's get you an update as uh, Nebraska football finalizing one-year contract extensions for nine of the ten assistants as well as uh, head strength and conditioning coach Zach Duval. So, contracts now going to run through December 31st of 2022. That's the word that Hale Varsity got the only coach to... To to not have his extension finalized is Coach Tony Tuioti of the defensive line. So, word from a Nash, uh, Nebraska official says it was his understanding that the contract's just awaiting a final signature at this point. And right now, Coach T's contract runs through December thirty first to twenty twenty one. So. Here are the numbers. You've got Chenander uh, making eight hundred grand for the twenty twenty one season. Lubick at half a million. Greg Austin at half a million. Uh, T. Fisher at four fifty. Ryan Held at four hundred. Sean Beckton at four hundred. Zach Duval is at uh, four hundred thousand, and uh, quite a bump for. Coach Dawson, outside linebackers coach for Nebraska, and and he got uh, a bit of a bump to, I think, about $175,000. And you're going, well, what's the deal there? Well, there was a retention bonus in there, and you also had a, a difference to make up when it comes to the the payout for the Giants ending. So you know and and there's some question what's the deal is is Dawson going to take over special teams and maybe I don't know we don't we don't know officially yet who's going to be overseeing that but you got Bill Bush in town as a defensive analyst who's really good at special teams historically and you've got a guy in Dawson that has had a good history of that, ran it at, uh, at Boston College. So the, the jump is from $325 for, for Dawson to half a million. And with Tuioti, it's a little odd that it wasn't with the rest of the group, but Tuioti's going to be so key with more of that Hawaiian pipeline, first of all, And second of all, Tuioti's done a pretty good job this last recruiting cycle. Thirdly, you've seen the defensive line play well. The defensive line's been a a strength of the football program. You've got Snacks Daniels that's been able to kind of prolong his endurance on the line. You've got Stilly coming back. Uh, You've got Ty Robinson that's playing good football. Uh, Casey Rogers has done well. I mean, those are four names we've just kind of thrown out there. And you have some more young pups. I mean, you got the polar bear that's kind of waiting in the wings. You've got a couple of other Juco guys, Riley, that you're waiting to pop. And I think Tuioti does a pretty good job of teaching. And the guys like playing for him. And you had high level of product productivity uh, from the defensive line. Uh, I think Dawson, too is uh, worth his weight in gold, not only with his NFL experience, but his background in special teams. can say a lot of things about Boston College football, but they were pretty sound when he was there, and they were sound in special teams. So uh, this was kind of an already agreed-upon thing with the Dawson number. They just got to make sure uh, things are okay with Tuioti moving forward to get him extended another year as well. That just doesn't look right when everyone but him Hasn't been extended. And if you're too Yodi and you think, and I don't know this, I'm just saying, if you think you need a little bit of a bump, you'll make your case. And if they don't give it to you, come back at them in a year after your line, hopefully, if you're a Nebraska fan, wrecks havoc and says, where's my money? Pay me my money now. we we'll wind down hour one at Tale of city Radio. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Ten minutes away, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Charlie's out sleeveless right now, screaming at Old Man Winter, Kind of like Lieutenant Dan was trying to take on the hurricane. It's probably warming up about three degrees for Coach McBride, just out of sure intimidation. Uh, coming up. Greg Smith will check in with this. Recruiting thoughts from Mr. Greg can join us at 466 37 764 6637 76800 825 5865. So, uh, win over under for Nebraska basketball. Do they get two? Do they get three? Shut up, Schmidt. It's just one win. Don't get your hopes up. This is a stretch. Do they galvanize and fight through? Is it ugly tomorrow, and then they bounce back Wednesday? You got Purdue coming to town on Saturday. It just never stops this vicious cycle of bigot. How about Michigan's win? That was huge for them to go win at Wisconsin after being off 30 days. I think Jawan threatened to take their iPads away. <laughs> it's weird,
0: though, but after one Husker win, I find myself like looking forward to watching the game tomorrow night. How much uh, fireball do you have? Probably not enough. For I mean,
3: Maryland—they love to shoot the three ball. They do. They just uh, drilled somebody yesterday, didn't they?
0: Yeah, but and the thing is about Nebraska is we got length on the perimeter. Maybe, maybe it's a good matchup for the Huskers. And maybe I'm just drinking Kool Aid because it's one game and and I liked what I, I saw yesterday. But
3: slowly but surely, they're... they're I'm seeing the vision. Their 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 buy in and listening skills. You've just been a, It's been a slow build. Five minutes, then 10 minutes, and then a half, and then 32 minutes of offensive-sharing basketball. But you still have that lull. And it happens. The lulls happen to everybody. Difference is, is Nebraska's lulls go eight and a half minutes. Yeah, I uh,
0: I was watching that, and 64-9 comes up. Go, you know what? We got an 11-point lead. Maybe we're actually going to get the wind day. and I pulled up the highlights from the uh, the basketball games this weekend out in GI, uh, and I was watching those highlights, and uh, I finished off both games, both the Miller North game and the Bellevue West game. I looked up, and we were still at 60 points, and I was, what what happened? <laughs> What's going on with our
3: offense? <sighs> Nebraska ball. Nebraska ball. Uh, quick reminder about moving, and while I can't promise you warmer temperatures, I can promise you... Uh, When you mention Hale Varsity to your friends at West Blue Realty, they can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby and Kelly Hofschneider, they're there to help with West Blue Realty. Give Tom a shout at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue Realty, and they've got some awesome choices and can help you find that uh, residential area around Lincoln and surrounding communities. The other thing they can take care of, too, is uh, the agricultural end of things. Do You have ag land you're looking to move, and West Blue Realty also has uh, the ability to uh, help you with that agricultural purchase. They've got an auctioneer. They can handle anything from... Live auctions to sealed bids to general land listings. And they've sold land all over the great state of Nebraska. Such a large radius. Seward, Oto, Lancaster Counties. Uh, West Blue Realty can help you uh, in the city and out in the country. 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Where you find him. Coach McBride is next. It's Hale Varsity Radio, President's Day edition. And we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Back with you, Tower Two, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal here on President's Day. And we welcome in Mr. Blackshirt Charlie McBride, Mondays with Charlie. Coach, what's the wind chill up your way?
6: Well, uh, the wind's going about 40 miles an hour, it's blowing snow all over the place, probably sitting about eight inches. But who knows? The lake's all frozen over. The kid's been uh, snowmobiling on them, skating on them. Well, the skating not now, but <laughs> they were skating before. <laughs> so yeah, nobody's out today. They got some they, fishermen, or who knows what they're doing. They, I doubt if they're out. The wind's blowing too hard. <laughs>
3: Well, it's. Uh, I think we hit like 36 below zero wind chill all? here, and I think oh. we've been at 16 or 18 degrees below zero. And it's supposed to get worse tomorrow. So oh, I can't. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I, I hope it dodges you and uh, some of that. Well, it's not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> well, you stay hunkered in with the old fireplace on. How's that sound?
6: Well, I got to, what's today? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I got to drive Debbie over to get her shot. Ah, So it'll be ugly.
3: (laughs) Well, just uh, get there. Yeah. Be safe and careful as you make your way. Coach, uh, we're into the off season. And I was kind of looking at some of the news that came down and nine out of the 10 assistants have, have had their contracts officially extended and uh that's that's great news uh i want to kind of get into one name you know that that you know from your days in lincoln and that's bill bush and uh kind of get your thoughts on on bill and i know that's a week ago but we we haven't talked to you since he came back to lincoln so what do you think of what do you know about bill bush
6: well bill's a good coach i mean he's been around now too and uh He's done a lot of stuff in the secondary and special teams and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, he's coached just about everything. Linebackers, I mean, you know. So he's been around, and he's a good recruiter. Very, uh, very. I, I I'd, I'd say that's probably one of the things that he does that's that's really going to really be a, a plus. He, but I mean, he's a guy you'd hire. I'd hire him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's um, it's, a, it's a good addition to the staff and a guy that knows the area, knows of, you know, the, cl- the culture, the people and everything around here. So it isn't going to be a big transition for him and or his wife. Mm-hmm.
3: Th- that's true. And he's been a, a pretty special recruiter wherever he's been, and that's... When it comes right. to working for ed or urban or uh or or barry i mean he's worked for some some pretty big time coaches
6: right and uh yeah he he he's been around a little bit, and you know i mean i've Bill and I used to talk on the road once in a while when I was going you know he was at Utah State at one time and uh you know i I'd, and then after i got done i was kind of hunting around for for guys for him you know and for guys that uh you know that he might be interested in and when i i was down in arizona uh at that at that time and uh you know he's he's a guy that you know you can count on you know he's he's very fundamentally sound coach hmm.
3: Charlie McBride's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. So, how did how did Prince Samukamara get on your radar? And is is that one of the guys from Arizona you maybe referred to, Bill? Yeah,
6: yeah. Well, no, it was. Um, yeah, it might have been. I don't know who. Rec- yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't. It was one of the other coaches on the staff that was. I think there. Um, at Prince, the time, no, I called, I called the head coach and just told them who they were, and they went, went gotcha. to them. There was about six of them, and I think all six went. Okay. And three of them went to the NFL. and. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, they did.
6: <laughs> well, Haig went, and I'm trying to think, of, and the big tackle, uh, Marcellus. Yeah, um, yeah. Marcell Jones, yeah. <laughs> Jones, right. I remember going and watching him. I was with John Reinhardt, who played for us. John drove me over to watch him play. And as soon as he ran on the field, I said he's going to be playing in the NFL. I mean, <laughs> he was an athlete and a great student. Mm-hmm. He was, I think, a 4.0 student. And he was about 6'6 or so. And um, could run well and really athletic. You know, you can tell when guys run at how athletic they are. And he was the center on the basketball team. So, you know, I mean, those are the things you look for. You know, you look for a guy that's playing a lot of sports and doing that, that that really help them in their stuff. I know I, I always liked the linemen that were defensive linemen, especially that were wrestlers and did some wrestling that helped a lot.
3: Charlie McBride's with us on Hale Varsity Radio, Coach. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit, and we were talking about Nebraska basketball and the way they they finally held on to win yesterday. For, wow, I yeah, watched it. Yeah, for, <laughs> d- d- yeah, because I was with some friends at a bar, and it got a little little uh, ugly. Oh no. Here we go again. Type, you know. Bring, bring another bring another beer. <laughs> We're going to need it. Uh, but uh the the topic of of getting over the hump and you guys had such really incredible years at Nebraska where you're winning 10 11 games a year. At worst you're winning nine. And yeah. you'd always just kind of battle Oklahoma and then you got by Oklahoma and then you're always kind of chasing the Florida teams, and then you you finally kind of conquered them. How did you, yeah. as a as a as a coordinator, keep things positive for yourself and your staff, but also for the kids, knowing that you'd get there at some point, getting over that hump to, to win it win it all?
6: Yeah. Well, the thing the thing I think is is things have to have to go right. I think for them yesterday, the good thing was they got ahead by I think nine points and then went and and actually Penn State came ahead by one, I think it was Mm -hmm. and they came back and just that one point and coming back and playing like they did at the end, I mean they, they played a million miles an hour and they didn't give up on any part of it and I think the problem right now is playing together and, uh, you know, just, uh, and that'll help. I mean, you don't know how much that, that win's going to help, you know, that's like a thousand points. one, <laughs> And away from home, you know, it's even bigger. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, to me, you know, when they did that, you know, I was like everybody else. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm I'm a fan now. I don't I I can do that, but yeah. you know, and, and it was sad. I mean, I thought, oh, that just can't happen to him, you know, and and then when it came out, and then the ball bounced right, and that's what happens. You start being a winner, and 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 just things start happening right. Uh, I don't I you know I can't I can't know what it is. It's fundamentally, it's it's effort. It's all these things added up. Um, you know, if your head drops down, you're probably going to go. Mm-hmm. You're going to get beat. But a lot, I think, you know, I, those guys just kept kept rolling and, um, you know, working at it and played great defense. Wow, they, they really played hard on defense. Their shooting, you know, wasn't that great, but they, they won the game, you know, mm-hmm. defensively, I thought.
3: So, do you see any parallels with with football? Like there was kind of this exhale after the Penn State game, and you know how it followed up <laughs> with 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 Illinois. But you know, is, is it does it cross over with different sports? In your opinion, with football?
6: Yeah, well, it, 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 it's all, all, all the the inside stuff, the mental stuff is pretty much the same mm-hmm. as any sport. You know, I. Uh, any team sport, you know, uh, individual sports, of course, are different there. But uh, team sports, you know, it's working together and playing really hard. And you have to, you know, people that old saying play for each other, and that's what you really have to do. And, you know, there's other things you can add into that, but uh, you know, fundamental coaching and, you know, blocking and tackling and, you know, and things like that really help. But uh, I think the thing is, is that if you have the bodies that you know can do it, and then you're having a rough time, I think you, that's that's the time when you you really have to you know you really have to push it, mm-hmm. and the players themselves have to really do it. And they they made a decision; they're going to do everything they can to win. And I I didn't see the Illinois game, but I know that from listening to the guys on the television last night. I could tell that you know they they had really played hard, and uh, you know there's a, close to a big upset, you know, and and you know they just about did it, and then they got uh, Penn State, and you know, and they got got going. I guess they got ahead by nine and got mm-hmm. going good, and you know played well.
3: Charlie McBride's with us. Hail City Radio. Mondays with Charlie. As uh, coach, uh, we'll get you out of here on this. And if you look at, at the quarterbacks that are heading off to the NFL, and, and I know Trevor Lawrence had his pro day, and I know he's got to have some work done on his non-throwing shoulder. W- would scouts ever ask you about quarterbacks you faced? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> How was that conversation? Well, I mean, they just
6: wanted to know what we thought of their effort, what we what we thought of their competitiveness. You know, and and it was pretty one year I I had um I was at Wisconsin and there were four of the top quarterbacks in the country. Um and that's the in the Burt Jones era. we played LSU and played him okay. and then we played um oh god, we um I'm thinking we we played uh, Michigan or Ohio State kids. Well, it was it, Purdue was was um, one of them. We, play, we played. I think we, you know, we but we played the four top quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, I can't even remember who they are. But they all went to the NFL and they went high. Burt Jones was the best one. You know that I that I saw his accuracy was was at his mobility, was way ahead of uh, most of the other ones. Even though they had a guy that ran options, a kid named Lyons that came in the game, that ran option plays when they wanted to run a different offense. They actually ran two offenses. But uh, Burt Jones, if he got outside the pocket, he could run. And, um, you know, he did, he was a thrower, and he didn't run much option. The other guy did all of that stuff, and... They put them in once in a while to, just to keep you honest <laughs> hmm. and beat your brains out.
3: Yeah, the, the old option side of things, uh, I can only imagine trying to, to play the option and, and do so from a discipline well, standpoint. Know. I think
6: in general, I think they just want to know something in general. Mm-hmm. It, there's so many fine points, you know, that you, you're not you're not looking at their throwing action. You're looking at is the ball being completed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I went down uh, to North Carolina State one time, and I was watching um, the quarterback that played it that just retired.
3: Rivers, right?
6: Yeah, and he throws like he's throwing rocks. You know, but but I mean, he he can throw it. It goes. It's accurate, but it doesn't look good. <laughs> His throwing motion doesn't look that good. In fact, if you took all of them, I bet you, if you took every quarterback in the NFL, he and and rated them on throwing action, he'd be last. You know, I mean, but that's the way you know some some people they grow up that way and they throw that way and that. A lot of people don't want to change it. You know, I hear him saying, well, you got to change his throwing action a little bit. To me, that's a little scary. <laughs> if he's an accurate kid the way he's throwing it, you know, a lot of these guys go to camp. Mm-hmm. And they get their, their throwing motions changed then. And then they get into college and then want to ch- try to change it again or do something like that. That's hard to do. Uh, but, you know, if you're young enough... You know, and you can adjust to it. And sometimes the, the, the action isn't that big of a movement. It's, a lot of guys wind up like they're throwing baseballs and from behind, you know, and it's such mm-hmm. a slow delivery that everybody can break on it. But I think, you know, I think the biggest thing is his accuracy. You know, when, when like, I, I would notice that, you know, and tell him, well, I can compare this guy to that guy. You know, they might say, What do you think of this guy? And you played him. What do you think of that guy? You know, I could tell the difference in their accuracy and you know, their poise and so forth on the field better than you can on the film.
3: I bet so. Charlie McBride's with us and that's pretty cool about uh let's go talk to Coach McBride about this quarterback we're thinking about. Love hearing that. Coach, you stay warm, you stay out of that wind chill, you stay out of the snow, you stay off the <laughs> lake. <laughs> And uh, you be safe, okay?
6: Well, I'll get my shovel out if the wind goes away and see how it works.
3: (laughs) There you go. I'm sure it's ready for you. You take care, Coach. We'll talk next week.
6: You guys stay warm, too. We will. All right. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for having me. Bye now.
3: There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. I mean, that's really cool to hear all those years, all those scouts in Nebraska and all of Coach's career. Uh, a lot of top quarterbacks he faced. We'll hit some uh, recruiting with Greg Smith next.
1: And now. And now,
3: back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Monday edition, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Some recruiting to talk with Greg Smith. And be sure to check out uh, at Greg Smith HV on Twitter and also HailVarsity.com, where Greg does a. Q&A, him and Aaron Sorensen get in front of the camera. Greg, was that a treadmill behind you?
4: <laughs> that is a Peloton treadmill behind me. I'm actually sitting in the same spot now.
3: Are you really? Yeah. It's Casa de Greg in his media center. I love it. <laughs> it is pretty good. Dare I... Now i got to ask you a food question because I love talking food with you. Junior wants uh, some chicken breast tonight. We've got an air fryer that's magnificent, that Ninja. Do I dare roll the dice that I'll have power later and get my hopes up for a little uh, little baked potato and and uh air crisp chicken breast uh with the rotisserie seasoning. Do I fire that up and then just get shut down about seven o'clock tonight with maybe some questionable power?
4: if you don't risk it, you don't get the biscuit left. Uh-huh. There, so you gotta you gotta go for it.
3: The BA answer from Greg Smith. He says, <laughs> Yes, you do it. Cool. So, uh, a lot to get into. And I uh, want to get your, talk, your take here on so what we'll, we'll call them the, the Nebraska Five for 2022. We got Deshaun Woods, of course, from Central, Devin Jackson, Stud Backer from Burke, uh, Micah Riley Ducker from Bell West, along with Caden Helms. And then Ernest Hausman, Big E from Columbus. And I know uh, a couple of kids, uh, Woods specifically, will have his final five this week. Of the five I've mentioned, does Nebraska make the top five for all? Or what are you hearing? What are you feeling right now with where Nebraska is in on all of these kids?
4: I would feel com- man, I would feel comfortable that they're going to make Three of the top five, whenever they come out, I think Devin Jackson is also yes. planning to release his top five at the same time as Deshaun Woods because they're very close. Um, and you hear about this; it feels like once or twice a cycle, Nebraska is involved with a situation that could be a package deal. I think the next one is um, Deshaun Woods um, and, and Devin Jackson. So I think that their top fives may mirror each other or be or have a few uh, similar schools. It's it's going to be really tough and really interesting. Because because I could see Nebraska landing in all five top five, I could see them ending up in two. Um, so it, it could be all over the board. And it's really kind of a surprise because we haven't gotten as much time to talk to these guys or to see them as much here recently. Um, so it, it could go any number of ways right now.
3: I know uh, the U just offering Caden Helms, and Nebraska's pretty stacked at tight end right now, but... Guess what? It, it's the uh, the ultimate game-changer position, aside from quarterback, where we talk mismatches and uh, chunk plays from the tight end spot. I mean, people love using the tight end in football. Uh, we'll get there in a moment. You know, where's the competition at for Nebraska? Let's start with Woods from Central. Who is uh, really in on... Woods right now outside the area and these kids are high enough rated, all of them, that we're talking double digit offers from some who's who of college football. Yeah. Where's, where's Woods at with the, the list and, and who's pretty serious with him?
4: Yeah, Woods is, he's, his, his is the most kind of interesting his recruitment because it kind of slowed down, um, unlike a couple of the other ones. But Florida has been involved, Texas A&M, uh, Iowa State has been involved. He's got a slew of, of Big Ten offers. Um, so he really got his pick from around the country. But I think Texas A&M, Florida, Iowa State, along with Nebraska, and maybe one other school are, are a couple of the ones that are recruiting him the hardest at this point.
3: How about Jackson? Jackson wasn't that long ago. He was a top outside linebacker, top two or top three in the country. I know he didn't play last year. That was no fault of his own. Where, Where does he sit on the national radar and who else? Is Jackson one of those difference maker pass rusher guys off the edge? I mean, is he a guy that Nebraska needs to get?
4: So well, yes, he's a guy that Nebraska needs to get because he's so he's probably a top five outside linebacker in the entire country. Um, the the thing with him is going to be is he is, is he truly an inside guy or an outside guy in a three four? So can he be um, a guy that comes off of the edge but also stops the run, or is he best suited as kind of a sideline to sideline inside backer, which would probably mean that he's best suited for a four three outside linebacker? That's going to kind of mm-hmm. be an interesting decision for him. Um, but he's also got. Texas A&M, after him, Jimbo is calling um, Notre Dame. I think it's really a team to watch for Devin Jackson, Um, as we know. Kind of, it's not Notre Dame is a school I say this all the time here that you know people around here have no love lost for, um, but when they call, kids definitely listen, and I think that they're going to be major factors in his recruitment.
0: Greg, I think back to five six years ago and to have guys from the state of nebraska and the surrounding area get this kind of notoriety and exposure to these these big colleges um just it, it would have been weird to see five years ago but now it almost seems commonplace uh and i think back to last year with a guy like thomas fedoni um even though he's just uh, up the road in iowa uh, still a local kid pretty much do you see any of these guys reaching that same level of of uh notoriety as a guy like thomas fedoni got in the uh, the recruiting cycle last year
4: Man, it's tough to reach the level of Fedoni, but I think almost all of these guys are not going to be that far off. When you look at, like, I've written this a couple of times, like, Ernest Hausman on Columbus, um, who was I guess, the most under-the-radar guy that we're talking about here. I mean, he just got offered by Michigan. So, like, we're talking about guys that are getting major offers. Devin Jackson um, is probably right now the closest as far as, like, high-profile as Bedoni was, Um, but they all have many, many options from around the country, and you're right. This is something that is relatively new to have school from coast to coast coming into Nebraska, but I actually think that this started because of a few years ago um, and really kind of at very beginning stages with Cam Jerkins and kind of how his recruitment went with LSU coming in um, late, and then it kind of just kept snowballing from there. you had got teams coming in from all over for Nick Henrich and Chris Hickman um, and then Xavier Watts coming behind that, so it's just been snowballing to where it's going to continue for the next couple of years as well.
3: Greg Smith is with us. Recruiting hit Hale Varsity Radio at Greg Smith HV on Twitter is where you follow him. Good write up, uh, uh, with recruiting. And Greg uh, does that for you, uh, several times a week, plus his uh, video sit down. So when it comes to in-state production, how much are guys like Jackson, guys like Riley, guys like Helms watching their future Metro Friends or, or competitors like a Hickman and Henrich and Betts, how much are they eyeing what they do at Nebraska when it comes to keeping Nebraska in the conversation?
4: Oh, I definitely think that that's a really big deal and kind of a hidden X factor for Nebraska here in these recruitments. So you have, and you kind of have some some analogs here from each position. So if you look at Devin Jackson, a kid that went to his school and came up above him, uh, Nick Henrich. If he continues to progress like he had, that's a, a really good thing for Nebraska. Provided they stay in this thing with Caden Helms and Mike O'Reilly. Of course, they're very familiar with Thomas Fedoni. But remember that AJ Rollins is from j- in town as well. James Car. Uh, from their town James mm-hmm. Carney is from the state um, and both of them I think it caught it caught their attention that Nebraska was utilizing the tight end um, more you know the Woods is always going to be in-state linemen um, to look at as well and then Ernest Houseman can also look at Henrich or any number of, of linebackers too so I think that that can definitely help depending on how those guys are utilizing. if some of them can break out um, and then Xavier Betts as well should have mentioned him at wide mm-hmm. receiver that will always help too
3: Greg, a thought here with with Tuioti. I want to go to the, the the contract talks and nine of the ten assistants extended another year. Of course, um, you've got Dawson getting a, a bit of a bump, and that's more so a, a previously agreed upon number with a part of a retention, and then the the Giants. Uh, diff, you know what he was getting paid from the Giants running out. So, when it comes to this uh, this waiting game right now what do you make of it with coach Tuioti?
4: uh did a little bit of checking i don't i would not panic on that one I, I think we might just be waiting more so for a signature um, and they didn't have his at the time of them releasing everything so i would not make too much uh of Tuioti not being included on this run
3: and that's big because of of what he can do uh from the polynesian side of things uh, how well he's recruited Tremendous athletes, you know, in the Utah region or even the islands. I mean, Nebraska, am I wrong? Is that going to be more of a focal point for Nebraska moving forward, trying to get out west and even further west?
4: Yeah, absolutely, and you have to you have to give that time as well, which they did here over the last two years, to really build up to what they did this year, and I think they'll continue to try that, but also what he was able to do with that defensive line on the field. Remember what we were talking about this time last year with losing three starters from the defensive line, and that defensive line was pretty steady throughout the year outside of, of course, the one game in Illinois that everybody kind of didn't show up for. That defensive line, I think, outperformed expectations, and that can really be attributed to his coaching.
3: Last thought. Greg, uh, I know the, the the question you're you're going to tackle is uh, development, and of course the expectation side of things. And give me a thought on your end with um, what the fan base wants versus reality. Got about a minute left for kids getting on the field early in their early in their career. I mean that's. That's the one for all, all parties, but it's not necessarily reality in college football today.
4: Yeah, it, it was actually really interesting, and I was surprised when I really looked into it because I think we go through it every year where it feels like fans are clamoring for these young players to get out there and more of them to play um, and play sooner and really make a difference because you heard about them during recruiting. But when you look at it, Nebraska has actually done a really nice job on average of getting those guys out there on the field, um, whether it's their first or their second year. Because remember, a guy like Bryce Benhart, was very highly recruited, as an offensive tackle is probably not going to be ready to play year one as a true freshman, right? If he was, he'd be Turner Corcoran the very next year or two years from there, um, which is also a great sign for Nebraska. But if you look, um, from that 2019 class, I think the top four guys from that class have all played already as either freshman or redshirt freshmen. Um, Xavier Betts, along with Corcoran from the 2020 class, were basically starters last year. Um, and then before that, you also had the Wondell Robinson group, even though he's not still around. So plenty of guys are getting on the field. I just think that people are always ready for the youth movement when things aren't going well. Um, But the facts don't actually bear out that Frost doesn't play young players, but he just wants to make sure the guys are ready uh, on average before they get out there.
3: Yeah. You can't blow up their confidence early and, and maybe not get them back, but, I mean, uh, Miles Farmer saw great minutes before he got hurt. Uh, yep. Ty Robinson was big time, really Cam early. Got on the field early. Yeah. Cam's money. And then you're right with Betts. And then Henrich, when he's been healthy, along with Rhymers. Yep. I mean, they've been pretty big time. Greg Garrett, will, Nelson's yeah, Garrett Nelson's been been running wild for a long time. Greg Smith's with us from Hale Bar and Magazine. Greg, uh, stay warm. Thanks for the time. Good to chat with you today. All right. Thanks, as always, for the blanket on. You too, man. There he is, Greg Smith from the uh, the media chair.
1: Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com. Just try
3: me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Okay, friend of the show, Will Compton, has thrown a gauntlet down when it comes to food combinations. He, uh, along with uh, Mr. Luan of Bussin' with the Boys, chili and peanut butter sandwich to dip. I will fight anyone over this combination. So we've got the vintage cinnamon roll and chili. But I I got a, a look from Elijah Herbal about... Uh, this combination of peanut butter sandwich and chili you just not you're not feeling it have you tried it i haven't tried it but I, i'm not a, like the biggest
0: fan of peanut butter in the world like growing up i may have been the only kid who like didn't actually like pb and j sandwiches because
3: I, you overdid them as a younger youth or what i have no idea i just didn't like like the mouth feel of peanut butter did you just end up getting the crunchy versus the creamy and it just beat the hell out of your mouth I I just, I don't know. I just stayed. It's, with, it's okay. It was
0: just jelly sandwiches. Grown-up. I don't know what it was about so peanut j- butter.
3: J- you just did jelly? I just did jelly.
0: <laughs> and I wonder why and I was me, fat. Meanwhile, Elijah
3: Herbal's wearing husky-sized jeans and killing people at offensive tackle.
0: <laughs> the jelly sandwiches, just, man. They, just give me more jelly. They're great for bulking, man.
3: <laughs> no, but, um, like. I just did jelly. I just,
0: like, I wish this was, like. That's so not good. true. This is just I, 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 I'm ashamed of it now, but no, don't like, be, but I came home from the store last week and I was like, do you get more peanut butter? I'm like, no, no like, I didn't buy, I didn't peanut buy more peanut butter, the but more jelly. Are you talking <laughs> <about>? <laughs> um, so the, the peanut butter sandwich in the chilies, it's probably going to be a pass for me. Um, I just stick with, I mean, people, you don't, people you don't,
3: don't do peanut butter, but if you were to, you wouldn't do it with chili.
0: Yes. I do it with like chicken, peanut butter, chicken. I can do that like chinese like chinese yeah, yeah that that's <laughs> um so. but i i i will say like i have really come around on the actually dipping your your cinnamon roll in the chili hmm? i used to just be like the nice like complimentary dishes i've actually come around on the on the dip in the the chili or the cinnamon roll in the chili and i think hmm. that's that's okay but peanut butter sandwich man
3: Here, you know and i may have to to try this next time my brother-in-law uncle andy does his chili and then just report back to will compton in the world of twitter uh and if he says it's good see there are combinations you never ever thought would be incredible and rest rest in rest in peace pio pears that place did the jiffy burger and that is where you get their amazing burger with a little cheese on top and then you get your pickle and your onion and two slices of bacon, but they would put peanut butter on the burger. Hmm. And you're like, no. And then you try it, and you want more. And then you make a beeline for it, because it was so, so good. Where you've got your normal burger, and then they fire up peanut butter. No ketchup, no mustard, no mayonnaise, for the love of God. You just have your, your red onion, your pickle, your cheese... Your your just greasy bun, your bacon, and then your peanut butter, and it was it still is phenomenal, and it really is hard to replicate. It's that good. Hmm. So I know you're not a peanut butter guy, but go see Coach Larson at some point in his watering hole, and because they've got they've got one there.
0: See, um, they always uh, what's uh, honest Aves? Honest Aves always comes with some goofy burger combination that always end up just up. great. They nail it.
3: Oh, it's just <laughs> they Mwah. nail it. I've never done the the apple pie with cheese on top. Have you ever tried that? No, I've just come around to putting American cheese into my ramen noodles. Not familiar
0: with that. This all if you're making like a bowl of ramen, I am not. F you are. It's <laughs> a great college meal on the budget. But I, I found it's. I mean, I, I found the the suggestion online. Just put one slice of American cheese, like I, the Kraft single, yeah, yeah, yeah. put it right on top, and it like melts in. Like it, it's not like it becomes cheesy ramen. It just like kind of adds to the broth of the ramen. And oh man, okay. it's good.
3: So juniors in his ramen phase, and that's that's his deal. But oh, bring home some Kraft American cheese slices for him. Yeah, he'll feed him to the dog, and that'll be a problem <laughs> in the basement. I'm good, uh, but I uh, no, I just this kind of just popped up on Twitter about Will Will Compton threatening to fight anyone who says no to peanut butter sandwich and chili combination. i was just wondering if anyone out there tried it. Uh, one of my favorite movies is is Thank You for Smoking, and in it, uh, the guy who plays uh, the sports guy in Anchorman, you know, Whammy, mm-hmm. that guy who does Paul the, Rudd. No, no it's no, not it's not Rudd. It's the bald guy that is very no. uh very unprofessional with his appearances in the office. Yeah, and then in Anchorman Two, he's got the uh, the chicken place, but it's actually There's a bat fried place. bats. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So, but he's he's eating at a cafe with the, the the characters in the movie, and you know the the main character looks and says, "Dude, what are you doing? Cheese on apple pie?" He's like, "It's American. I can do whatever the hell I want." Was his response, and. I've never tried that, but I hear it is pretty good. The cheese and the apple, compliment. Mm. Sorry, we got off on a food tangent. As we tend to do. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like it's one you of the best things in life. No, it is. It's good to talk food. And I'll say this. Like, I know some of us love barbecue sauce, but give me just dry rub ribs. Mm. I mean, I, to, to get the rub to stick... You got to go with a little hot sauce or yellow mustard. The yellow mustard's the way The yellow, you go the yellow mustard for the pork, the hot sauce for the beef. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not a big sauce guy with, with ribs, baby back or, or St. Louis style. Just let me dry rub them and, and, and pat them in. Hot take. I, I prefer
0: my ribs wet, sauced up. Okay. But my wings are better with a dry rub. Oh really? That is where I, I that's, love. That's your flip. Is I I, I think the whatever you deep fry the wings and it gets like the crispiness on mm-hmm. there, it's good. But I much prefer it just like on a flat top with a nice dry rub on okay. it. Okay,
3: oh. I got you. I got you. Undefeated. I think well, it just, there, there's our there's our eight minutes of food discussion. <laughs> now I'm like hungry to to eat everything. Okay, uh, let's uh, get into a little bit of football talk, and we spent some time talking recruiting. With, uh, with Greg Smith a moment ago. But you know a guy that we're all kind of interested in to see where, where he fits is Heinrich Harburg, kid out of Kearney. And uh, still uh, pretty young. It, it, at the age of 17, he's an early enrollee. And you see his size, you see his mental makeup, and he's a guy that can can make plays for you. And he's got a really nice relationship and he's been working with Fedoni for a while. And and there's gonna be some eyes on on Harburg, and you just wonder All right, Carney, Nebraska, love it. Very proud to be an affiliate. And I love visiting Carney and seeing my guy Doug Duda. But if, if Harburg's in Texas, he's probably like a four-star, right? And we've we've just laid out the the Nebraska Five for 2022, where more places are infiltrating. And in all honesty, I mean, you had a number of guys. I mean, not even if Harburg was in Texas. If Harburg was playing in Class
0: A in Nebraska, I think he's a four-star. Well,
3: and, and, he, and he still got good looks from some Power Five schools in Kearney. It'll be good to see what he can do this spring. We'll wind down on Monday next on Hail Varsity Radio.
1: Miss us?
0: Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing.
1: We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
3: One final time on a Monday, and uh, many thanks to Greg Smith for joining us recruiting recon segment, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, and Jay Moore to talk some off-season NFL tomorrow. Rick Kaczynski back with us, Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, and uh, we'll spend some time uh, as well with Rick Pizzo, Big Ten Buffet. A reminder about buckling up, nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash, buckling up, brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So we settled the stake in a beer bed from Friday night where I had Nebraska in the points. And we'll uh, not have any hoops tomorrow night. I'm very sad that there's no Pius in Southeast, which I completely get with the wind chill issue being what it is. Uh, scheduled tonight, Virginia's at Florida State. Baylor was supposed to be at West Virginia, but that is postponed. Uh, Jalen Johnson, the top, one of the top players for Duke, has opted out the rest of the season. So that's no good. So I guess the bigger question tonight is uh, how low are you set in your thermostat. You know, we have like the coldest room in our house is our bedroom—not literally, but uh, figuratively and literally mm-hmm. both. And for whatever reason, that place is just an ice box. Even when we, you know, when the showers go and it just ultra steams up because of how chilly it is. The rest of the house is great. Probably the warmest rooms: a spare bathroom of all places right by the sinks where one of the, the heat registers are at. So, you know, you're getting the, the kitchen cleaned up. You can stand there and your, your your feet are warm. But we have a super thick comforter. Mm. But we have some electric blankets somewhere we may have to, to fire up. I, I don't know. I mean, I might... I'm not I'm not touching mine. Sorry. I mean, I think it's... Oh, Mr. It's... Moneybags over here. No, well, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to get punched in the face with the... Uh, the the because it's a gas fireplace mm-hmm. that she leaves on just to burn money. So that 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 thing's always on. But it sure does look nice. Well, it it does. It looks good, but no, she just she'll turn that damn thing on in the summertime just to, to piss money away. Yeah, <laughs> I might be going down to sixty tonight. I don't know. It might I'm I mean and the problem is I sleep in like, the kitchen I'll basement. offer to keep her warm. And be met with several death threats. A, a, a cold shoulder. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> okay, don't tip your waiter on that one. Uh, you have Texas, Oklahoma later in the week. We just need March to get here. Post Super Bowl. And you're just, you're waiting. You're waiting for spring baseball to get rolling. Uh, you're waiting for basketball to get racking.
0: Waiting for the Big Ten to release a
3: baseball schedule. Dude, that's so bad. I thought it was coming this weekend. Nope. Nope. <laughs> They're securing, and Sharpie kind of nailed it for us with the the, the Round Rock and then U.S. Bank Stadium. Got to do it. And if you're going to bubble, guys, so be it. And the way things have been going online, like with you today, did you have half of your stuff online?
0: Classes? Everything was online. Yeah.
3: So tomorrow, more uh, thoughts on the Big Red. And uh, we'll... Get through it with uh, Rick Pizzo, Rick Kaczynski, Mitch Sherman. Thanks to Elijah, Chris Schmidt. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale, Varsity. See ya.